Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, we're going to be talking about happiness as I am joined by author, certified coach, and happiness expert, Irene Abu. Irene believes that there's a science-backed method to happiness, and so she's going to be talking about that method that she believes there is and about her story and how, how she came to discover happiness and get on that happy trail. So Irene, thank you so much for joining me today. So happy to be here with you. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? So uh, right now I help leaders who want to be more open-minded achieve confidence and safety in their relationships, all their relationships, so that they can stop self-sabotaging behaviors through my 90 Days to Happy program. That's what I do right now. A little bit uh, about me on a more personal level. I am the product of two Tunisian immigrants that came from a very impoverished families, both of them. My father came to America when he was 27 with uh, $300 in his pocket. And he was lucky enough to grow a really, really big business. But simultaneously, he got into uh, drugs and alcohol. And my mother was the coolest woman on earth. She still is, but she was a little bit emotionally distant or a little bit anorexic. So what happened was I became very depressed by age 15, 16. I was, I was a mess. Couldn't even get out of bed. I stopped going to school in the middle of 10th grade. I ended up graduating, but I had to stop school. It was so, so bad. And um, I later moved to France where I signed a record deal with BMG, Arista Records. I was there for about three years. Then I moved to Los Angeles and started a denim line called Yanuk Jeans. And that did really well. And when I hit 39, after I got married and had children, I realized that I was miserable (laughs) and I really didn't like the lifestyle I was leading anymore. I just really wanted to be closer to my kids. And that's where I started getting into coaching. Okay. Well, you you talk about how there is a scientific method to happiness. What is that method and and why do you feel that way? So in positive psychology, there's an acronym for, for basically what is needed for happiness. And that is PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. It's positivity, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. On a personal level, I kind of just switched the positivity to truth-telling because I think that that's even more important, starting with your knowing your relationship with yourself, who you are, 
what your purpose is, what do you want to do with your life? Like, who are you underneath all the layers of what you were taught to be and taught to want to be and do? The I'll start with the truth telling. So I begin that with thought reprogramming. By the time we're in our mid-30s, we have repetitive, like fixed thoughts, emotions, and and outcomes and, and actions. And we create the same circumstances over and over and over again. So if you think we wake up in the morning, we drink the same coffee, we drive the same way to, to work, we get annoyed with the same coworkers, then we drive on the same route, yet again, fall asleep to the same Netflix, and then to do it all again the next day, exactly the same way. So thought reprogramming is um, basically tells you to envision a dream, okay? Envision your dream life. And just, it only takes five minutes a day, but it's really recommended to do it for 66 days, which is the amount of days that it takes to change a habit. So you envision your dream. Then you you think about where are you going to be? Who are you going to be with? What are the emotions that you will feel most often? What are your core desired emotions with the new, with your new personality, your, your new self? What are the new beliefs? What are these beliefs going to allow you to accomplish? Because without changing our thoughts and our beliefs and our emotions, it's almost impossible to change our circumstances. Okay, you also do a lot of work with married couples and stuff. So so tell us about that and, and tell us about the biggest lessons you've learned in 20 years of marriage. Thank you for asking. That's a great question. So I'm trained in the Gottman Method for Couples Therapy, which was founded by John Gottman and I always forget his name, sorry, Bob Levinson. And they created a love lab. Basically, they had hundreds of married couples come into this this lab that they created, which was an apartment overlooking the ocean. And they measured their their heart rate. They they took blood and they saw, you know, where was their cortisol levels just to see like what what really makes marriage work. Like what is the difference between the marriages, the people in the marriages that are thriving and the people in the marriages that are very unhappy. And what they came up with, they called a sound relationship house theory. So if you look at, um, think of a house, right? And on the right-hand side, one of the pillars is commitment. On the left-hand side, the pillar is trust. And the foundation of it is, is what they call love maps. So love maps, in short, is creating a very, very solid friendship. Because after year one, when you get married, that, you know, that magical passion, crazy chemistry tends to die down a little bit. And that's necessary for us to like, live a normal functioning life. And we have to be able to learn who we are, who they are, and how we can best support each other to fulfill our independent dreams, and then our shared life dreams. 
So the second pillar would be showing fondness and admiration. That's saying to your partner, oh my God, you look really great today. Or when he, you know, takes the dishes out without you asking, really being appreciative or, um, buying his favorite chocolate at the supermarket, doing things that are, that are, you know, are going to make him smile and saying things that are going to make the other feel good. Right. The third one would be turning towards. Turning towards means when your significant other says something like, Hey, wow, look at that. Look at that runner's outfit, that bright pink. I can't even like, that's the craziest color I've ever seen. If I were to not say anything and continue walking, I would be creating a negative, um, let's just say negative stick in my, in my relationships, right? Cause you need, I'll get to this, the five to one ratio, but turning towards not against answering bids. So somebody, so if he is trying to get my attention, create a connection and I say, Oh, yeah, that's true. That is a crazy, you know, pink color. That is me turning towards him. And the Gottmans uh, found that you needed a five to one percent ratio, five good comments, positive interactions to one negative one. So your positives are not as strong as your negatives. That's why you need five more positive interactions compared to that one. I'm sorry. Yes, five positive interactions compared to that one negative interaction. And the couples, the married couples that ended up in divorce always had a very, a much lower ratio to their, their happiness to their, their positive to their negative. So we can all avoid this. What is the main thing that will kill a marriage or a partnership? There are four things that will kill a marriage and a partnership. There are probably more, but let's just stick to the science. The science says that um, the Gottman Method calls it the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And those are the type of negativities that are most detrimental. So the first one would be criticism. That's complaining, um, just basically criticizing your significant other with words or with body language. You can even, you know, the second one is defensiveness. Responding to a complaint with another complaint is one way of doing that. Or you have the people that are whiny. No, I never did that. You always, you know, using the words always and never. Those are always, those are two things that are not, those are two words that are really not good to use. Then there's defensiveness. Defensiveness is usually the answer to criticism. And then there's stonewalling, which is exactly what it sounds like, building a wall between you and your husband or your wife. That's basically when you're not even acknowledging what he or she is saying and you're flooded with emotions and you just completely disconnect emotionally. Well, for those of us who always seem to choose the wrong partner, we think it's right, but it ends up not being right. Give some tips and best practices on how to avoid that. 
That's a really, really tricky question. But some of the pointers that you can look out for are identifying if you guys share the same core values. So if let's just say you you identify your five core values, if the other person, you know, shares only two, that's not really a good thing. You want to make sure that your values are pretty much aligned. Oh, you want to make sure that your lifestyle is compatible, right? So, you know, you like to wake up early in the early in the morning on a Saturday morning and go hiking and I like to sleep in and write, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have a marriage that is going to work, but it does mean that you're going to have to work a little bit harder at it. And most human beings are attracted to their opposites. So to have, to even be attracted to someone, there needs to be polarity. And when there's not polarity, there's no chemistry. And when there's no chemistry, the relationship really can't last in a healthy way. Consistency. I would say, look at how consistent the other person is. Are they keeping their word? Are they, are they doing what they say they're going to do when they're going to do it? Are they apologizing when they, when they're not doing that? Fourth, look for your elevator people. Think about the characteristics of your closest friends or your closest family members and just jot those down and say, you know, when you meet someone, you want to decipher whether this is a good match or not. The more of those characteristics that they have of your best friends, the more likely the relationship is going to be a positive relationship. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's really, really difficult to know who's going to be a really good match and who is not because the first year we're kind of on a chemical high of dopamine and we're not really showing who we truly are. That's definitely the truth. Tell us about your 90 day to happiness program to tell people who it's for and what, what people can expect when they sign up for it. So the 90 day to happy program teaches the foundational skills of happiness. So I start with our core desired values. I work on, I help them understand if their boundaries are too rigid or if their boundaries are too loose. We identify their limiting beliefs, anything that came down generationally. Sometimes we have traumas that we didn't even experience, but they're coming down from our mom or our grandma or our grandparents or our great grandparents. So really getting to know what those are in order to, to shift them. And that will go back to the thought reprocessing of the repetition, right? Of seeing, feeling, and then doing what the person that you know you truly are would be doing. We, I concentrate a lot also on emotional intelligence, identifying our feelings, identifying the other person's feelings and how to the skills. How do you speak to someone? What is, what is the tone that is necessary for the other person to hear you and not feel attacked? If you will, what is your nonverbals are 90% of 
the way you express yourself to someone else, believe it or not. So it's not what you say, but it is the way you're looking at them, your posture, the way your feet are pointing, uh, the way your arms are either crossed or uncrossed, the way, are you looking down? Are you looking up? So that's something that I really work on a lot, identifying emotions, our own emotions and emotions of the other person and how to speak and how to listen. That's one of the biggest things is listening skills. Listening is one of the greatest gifts that you can offer another person. One thing that everybody wants more of is for others to see them and hear them and witness them as they are. And listening to someone does all of those things. So listening with a whole heart, not listening to get ready to answer what that person just said. Well, in your bio, you talk about how love is a feeling or love is not just a feeling, it's an action. Yes. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yes. Yes. That'll go back to what I talked about with the sound house theory of the Gottmans. It's really taking the initiative to um, think of it like a, like a bank account, right? It's like an emotional bank account, a relationship, love. So we have to put in every single day. It's small things often every single day. Do a little thing for the other person. Call them up and just say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Or leave them a text saying, I miss you. But every day do a little something so the other knows that they're still your number one. So love needs to be in action as well as in feeling. Because we can say, you know, oh my God, I love you. You're the, you're the light of my life. You're, you know, any of those types of things. But if you're not also taking action, so the other person acknowledges that you really are genuine in what you're saying, it, it's not the same thing. It's really not the same thing. Well, you're also a co-author. So tell us about your books, what listeners can expect when they read them and where to get them. So the book that I co-authored was during the pandemic and I was really blessed to write with, I think it was 11 or 12 other authors on how to be crazy, amazing in difficult times. Um, so it was an uplifting book. It was a book that where each one of us gave our input on how we personally get through hard times, right? Like the pandemic was, was so difficult on all of us. Currently I'm writing a book called cocaine and cashmere, and that's going to be more of a humorous memoir. That's what I'm aiming for. So it will be, it will talk about my life story, but it's also going to integrate personal development as well. It's, it's going to, it's going to have both. Okay, well, that, that's one of the one of my next questions. Any current or upcoming projects besides your book? You got anything else you're working on that people need to know about? I do. If you have any listeners that are in Los Angeles, twice a month, I will be hosting a women's community circle where women will come and we will be sitting in a circle and 
I will be teaching a different topic each time that they come. But the main focus is to build community. A lot of the women that I work with have expressed that they feel lonely and they feel like they don't really have a lot of friends. And if they do have friends, they never seem to be making the time to see them. So that's another thing that I will be doing. And I, oh, I will be partnering with with a celebrity that I cannot disclose just yet because the deal is not signed and, and sealed. But if everything goes well, we're going to be opening a wellness center and have wellness retreats where we take women away like to Egypt or to all these beautiful places to just really relax and disconnect and tap into our feminine energy where we're not trying to reach goals and where we're we're becoming learning about each other we're becoming friends we are learning new skills we're learning new cultures so that's that's the other thing Okay, well, so we can learn who that celebrity is once you get everything finalized. Absolutely, con- of course. Throw out your contact information. The best way that you can reach me is through Instagram. Uh, my handle is Irene, I-R-E-N-E dot or period Abu, A-B-B-O-U. Or you can also go to my website, which is happinesswithinreach.com. Absolutely. Close us out with some final thoughts. Maybe something I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about. Any final thoughts you have for the listeners? Yes. I would like to say that there's a reason why each and every one of your listeners is here. And whatever they truly want in their life, they can create. What you want also wants you. It just, it it might take time and is a process, but you're here, you have a purpose, and you're here to fulfill that mission. And if there's any way I can help you with that, it would be my honor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, happinesswithinreach.com, Irene Abu. Can't wait to figure out who that celebrity is that she's going to be working Mm -hmm. with, but you guys can just stay tuned to her website, follow her on Instagram, and check out her books and check out everything that she's up to and going to be up to. Irene, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And I love your voice, by the way. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.